Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to part two of a very special Moon Underwater. The Moon Underwater has revealed itself within the Marquis Cornwallis, within the George Orwell Festival. And we have with us celebrated author, columnist, comedian, broadcaster, Mark Steele. How do you feel about that, Mark? Not a fan. (laughs) How do you describe your sen? Comic. Comic. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, you uh, join us here with comic Mark Steele. Thank you. That's, I'm happy with. But that. you are being, you are hiding your light under a bushel. 
Am I? Yes, but I have uh, I've delved deep under the bushel and I've retrieved your light. Uh, <laughs> because another series of Mark Steele's in town is out on Radio 4 very soon. Yeah, thank you. That's a comedy show, though. Yes, but it's being broadcast. That makes you a broadcaster. Oh, I see. Mark. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I suppose I so. I am keen to leverage any different adjectives into okay. my CV as POS. Uh, what, what have you got so far, John? Uh, pub broadcaster... Terrestrial broadcaster, commercial broadcaster, lounge-based broadcaster, comedian, golf columnist, golfer, man, (laughs) (laughs) viewer, driver, actor, actor, yeah, 1993 to nine. Well, when you were at school. When I was at school... What, that BHS advert? Well, oh, yeah, uh, s- uh, film star. <laughs> <laughs> Corporate speaker, awards host, um, quite good at Scrabble. Anyway, that's a side issue. Oh, yeah, that's um, bad, actually. Uh, but tell us a little bit about Mark's, Mark Steele's in town. Do you ever get, explore the pubs of the towns? Very much so, yeah. So uh, the idea, for people who don't know, so the idea of the show that I uh, came up with about 12 years ago was because comics go to a town and you generally like to do sort of two or three minutes about the town at the start of the show. And I used to really love those bits. And I used to go round, get there early and go round and find out about the thing and all that. And I thought, I wonder if you could have the time to learn a whole load of stuff about the town, if you could do a whole show about one town to people in the town. So I sort of suggested that to the BBC and they said, all right, so and uh, in the series number 11 now. And it's, uh, yeah, the pub is very much a part of that. Let me think of a couple of examples. So uh, for people who, who don't know the, the show, so basically I'd have to go and get, uh, find out as much as I can about the place and then write about an hour of stuff about it and then stand in front of, in the theatre or wherever we can, you know, in the in the town, be as rude as possible about the place, and it is, and it is great. It's brilliant. I don't know. I've never really thought about the ethics of it or whatever, but I do. Like, like your red wine choice. Exactly. No, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's very, very similar. So, for example, the last one I did, so I recorded one about Nottingham two weeks ago, and in Nottingham. So, the opening line of the show is: "It's lovely to be here in Nottingham. It's not as pretty as Newark. It's not as sporty as Loughborough, but at least it's more violent than Derby." So that's, <laughs> and there's some great joy about doing that in front of an audience from. Nottingham, for example, like we did one in Gibraltar, and I said, "Oh, the the, the opening line has got to be it's so lovely. Uh, eventually, to be able to do this show in Spain, so that, that's got to be the opening. <laughs> that's got to be the opening line. And of course, the people are really, really happy because they know you're doing it because you know it's the worst possible thing to say. So um, every now and again, you know, people will say, "You've got to go to this pub." So. Right, no, actually, no one could... But this is one of my favourite pubs ever. Birkenhead, right? So there's a bit in the middle of Birkenhead that is not as salubrious as it might be. And we went to these uh, two pubs on recommendation, but they said, you've got to get there early because they shut uh, about half past eight. And there was this pub in the Charing Cross area of Birkenhead, and it was just bright, bright, 
utterly bright lights. Like, you, I can't think of any other situation other than when you're being interrogated that you would have such bright lights in this pub. And there was only Skull Lager and I think one other lager that was like there, and that was it. And there was a pool table with just a board over it because they couldn't trust anyone to use it. <laughs> and I was sort of, I thought, what are we doing here? It's not, you know, nothing's going to happen that's going to be useful for the programme. It's just a rough pub in the roughest bit of town. And almost as if it had been set up for us, this little skinny lad come in with a bag and he just whacked it on the table and he opened it up and he went, here you go, it's your lucky fucking day. Cathedral City Cheese. (laughs) 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 He goes, goes, I'll tell you what, right, this is straight out of Asda, this. And he opened up the bag and there was all this Cathedral City cheese. This is four fucking quid in the fucking shops, right? You can have this for two quid, right? Go on, it's yours. Go on, take this home. Take this home for your beard, right? She'll fucking do anything you want once she's fucking... <laughs> and uh, no one wanted his girl. What's the fucking matter with you? I fucking don't, can't fucking see a fucking gift. Really. And he stopped and I thought, brilliant. And then we went over then and I was with a lad. You might uh, know him called Ed Morris. Oh, the yeah, radio, yeah, yeah. who's a very, very lovely man who's a producer at um, a He's radio not the sort of person that would buy Cathedral City. No, he a, really is. He's, he's, he's from a sort of... He, uh, he's, not, he's not from Swanley. And, uh, <laughs> but he's a lovely, lovely man. And, we went, and I went with him. He was a bit like, oh, I've never been anywhere like this before. We went to a place called Moods. M-O-O-D-Z. Sort of spelt, <laughs> spelt in this sort of purple neon stuff and it was over the road from the cathedral city place and you walked in in this it was a long long thin bar if you imagine just where you are there that front row that would be the end of the pub it's just a long thin bar and i swear this is what happened right we went in there and there was about 10 people just stood at the bar and come on eileen was playing (laughs) and uh there was a woman probably 70, stood on the table in a very short skirt to rai rai and uh, thought, yeah, this is probably what we, we imagined. And we went up to the bar, no one looked round at all, and there was a guy driving up and down in a mobility scooter <laughs> in the sort of little space that there was. So every time he went past, he'd sort of clipped your ankles. And as Come On Eileen sort of got into its more fruity sort of second half, he came out, almost like the, the, in the Little Britain sketch, he came out of the, the mobility scooter and just started taking off his clothes. <laughs> and and he, was, he was a large man, and he was... And no-one, so they just oh, stood there looking around. And then, and then eventually the woman got off the table... And I know you're going to think I'm making... I think I'm making this up, as I'm saying it, but it did, did happen. And then she got off the table and she whipped down his pants, so he was completely stark naked, and he was like... He was, come on, Arlene, I said... And Ed, who had really led quite a sheltered life, I think, he just looked at me and looked at his watch and went, and it's only quarter to eight. And I... <laughs> oh, Fantastic. <laughs> Well, do check out uh, Mark Steele's In Town, wherever you can uh, access it. Uh, But we have the... Well, first off, 
uh, Mark, in honour of your uh, hex cider choice, I've gone for uh, the Marquis Cornwallis's Sanford Orchard Supreme Devon Red Cider. Wonderful. And I have to say, though it describes itself on the back of the bottle as being closer to dry than sweet, mm, it's an absolute delight. Wonderful. It, I would love. This is exactly the sort of uh, cider I would like to see in my pub. But we have the important matter of Robert Anders' impossible Moon Underwater pub quiz. <laughs> I don't think it's impossible. I, I mean, my, I, when I did it at GCSE, I had someone, a, a previous student from another year, had written all the things in the back of what all the pigs represented. So maybe never, not everyone was as lucky as me. No. Okay. So t- take us through uh, the questions and the answers, please. Thank you. But firstly, a quick shout-out to Alex McNutt from the Tiger Tavern, who's provided the Moon on Daughter with many pub quizzes. Thank you for coming along. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, Animal Farm, how well do you know it? Snowball, number one, Snowball, he was a pig. Um, Mark, what do you think? Who did Trotsky. You, you were going Trotsky, John? Um, Boris Johnson. <laughs> Anyone else? Any advance on Trotsky? Mark Steele is bang right. It is Trotsky. Hey. Nice. Squealer, the pig. Mark. It's quite could be broad. I'll let you be broad. I don't know Squealer. Is he sort of? Oh, I, you know, he's not Zenoviev or something that specific, is he? Or is he? Or is he the? Um, is he the sort of the general communist party apparatchiks? Is he that kind of propaganda vibe? Yeah. Yeah. Pravda. No, but that's a great guess, John. Uh, Steffi Graf. <laughs> <laughs> anyone? Anyone? <laughs> I, I would have given you just proper the propaganda machine, but it, it, some people say it's uh, via chas via via <laughs> yeah. Some people say via Cheslov Molotov, but. You know, you were going to say that. No, I was thinking that. Oh, right, okay. This is very similar to an episode of The Chase. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Number three, Boxer. Mark? Uh, Boxer was the horse, I believe, and he sort of represented the working working masses. Right, we've got working masses. John? Uh, Asda. (laughs) Anyone else? Any advance? You're bang right. It is the working classes. Well done. Mark is smashing this. Number four, the building of the windmill. What do you think, Mark? What's the windmill where the crow sat, who was sort of religious, marrying the crow? Moses, the raven, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so maybe it was that. Maybe it was the sort of re-establishing a sort of uh, an alternative to the church. That's nice, I like that. Or maybe it was just somewhere where they made bread. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a literal meaning. Yeah. Yeah. John? Was it the Industrial Revolution? It was the industrialization of Soviet Russia. Yay! <laughs> oh, that is the in- that's he's right. Yeah, that's he's right. Completely yeah. right then. Yeah. Well the Industrial Revolution. I'm was- still holding out for Steffi Graf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I also said Benjamin the Donkey. No idea. John? Um MasterChef. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking along those. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people say it's Orwell himself. Is it really? Oh. Yeah, because he was nicknamed by his friends Donkey George. Um, as a Don Quixote? No, not Don Quixote, just Donkey George, I think, yeah. But as a play on Don Quixote? No, no. All oh, right. No, no. Um, thing is, we don't actually know any of those are true, do we? 
No. They're not verifiable facts. No, they're not verifiable. But it'd be a bit of a coincidence with the Trotsky one, I think. No, it was definitely Trotsky. So you're saying it like maybe it is... Um, maybe it's just about pigs. Maybe it's just coincidence that he did write a story about pigs. Yeah. In the 40s. Yeah. Well, how do you... But it's, it's not fact, is it? No, it's not fact. It's, in, it's a reading of a text. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't, you said Steffi Graf was one of the answers. Though. Just, but, but have, have you got it confirmed that those are the correct answers? No. By Orwell? No, I haven't. No. Well, there, it's a void quiz. Void well, quiz. You, Mark, <laughs> Mark Steele got two right and is the winner. He got three right. I think three in, right, yeah. in John's defence, I think I know that re, I read a bit about Orwell and he was very, very, very motivated by the fact that in the future there will be a German tennis player who would uh, get more Grand Slam wins than Martina Navratilova. Absolutely right. And then marry Andre Agassi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Sorry about the quiz, guys. And and he fought in Spain on behalf of Arancha Sanchez Vicario. (laughs) Don't even know if she's Spanish. Um, right, we return to the moon underwater uh, for, to increase Sorry. Mark Steele's... Uh, well, yeah, I think you should be. <laughs> also, you should pass the buck to this chap who's been feeding you all these pub quizzes. Why don't you come up with a few of your own that some people might get? Well, Alex did the, the notorious uh, postcode of sporting venues quiz. Yeah, that was, that was too hard. Well, <laughs> um, oh, I'd love to have a go at that. Yeah. Well, it did, I mean, I'm sure Alex can pass it on, but it, but it was too hard. Uh, some two people on Twitter said they got it. Did they? Yeah. The liars. Well, you would get. <laughs> I'd get big clues. I'd get Wimbledon and Sellers Park. I think beyond that, I'd lose. Okay. I'd be stuffed. Yeah, like any major sports fan. Yeah. You only exactly. know the two that are sort of advertised in. Yeah. Anyway, there's a side issue. <laughs> Mark, what are your two favourite spirits? (laughs) Right, so I'm going to head into a pretentious world here. Uh, About, I don't know what, about seven or eight years ago, I think, I became very uh, interested in the world of rum. Uh, Posh rum. And it is a glorious, glorious business. Uh, There are millions of these things. And... There's a there's a there's a, a shop in Paris, for example, called R Rum, and it's got thirteen hundred different types of rum. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful uh, establishment, and again, it's just there's something about the love that goes into it that I think is just so compelling, and uh, that people have gone to such such lengths to come up with stuff that gets you drunk in a slightly different way. <laughs> and and uh, I found myself becoming, uh, I thought, oh no, what have I become? Because a little while ago, I read a review of a Jamaican rum called Hampton Estate, which in the review I read of it said, and has an aroma of slightly overbrewed tea. And instead of like any normal person thinking, oh, fuck off, I thought, ooh. And I, <laughs> and I sent off for a bottle of Hampton Estate with its... And then a week later, I found myself going, there is slightly overbrewed tea. <laughs> so uh, I, I just love this stuff. So I, now I've got, to, I've got to confine this to two. So there's one from Panama called Bumba, which is quite a sweet one. 
And this is marvellous stuff because I think it can... Uh, I've tried this on a number of people who go, oh, I don't like rum, I don't like rum. And I go, no, you'll like this one. And it's never failed. Everyone has, that I've tried it with has gone, oh, yeah, that's marvellous. And I feel a little bit like uh, someone from a Mexican drug cartel or something <laughs> turning people on. No, you just try, just a bit. Just, you try just one, just one little rum. And, uh, yes, no, it's free. The first free, you don't. <laughs> and then uh, two weeks later... Now you pay. But, <laughs> but it's glorious, this stuff. Boomba, boomba. You should all try this one. I'm, and I'm just looking it up in my mind. Right. It, the bottle is amazing. Is yeah, that yeah, the yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, which one are you going for? The, um, not the cream one. Are you going for the XO or the regular? No, the, the regular, the regular. The brown yeah, yeah, one. The one with, no, the one with the, the black bottle. That's the, the XO, one. the Bumba yeah. XO. Mm. So are you having two rums in your pub? I'm going to have two rums. Love it, love Why it, love fuck? it. I think this is the first time we've ever had two, someone pick the same type of spirit. Right, both their right. Choices. But it's another world from, because that is a sort of gateway to the evils of rum. But then... <laughs> Something like there's one from St. Lucia called, uh, there's a few from St. Lucia, but there's one called 1931 and it's fantastic. And it's but there's, there's one called Admiral Rodney, and I'm not, I daren't look up Admiral Rodney because I suspect he probably had slaves and stuff. But on the other hand, is rum and uh, <laughs> just, just could have been named after Rodney from Only Fools. Well, was he an admiral well, in one episode? Maybe. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, this stuff is, is marvellous. And what, uh, what I love about this, the, the sort of care that's gone into this rum, is that you sort of... The, the St. Lucia one, the 1931, you have a little... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, and you, you, the first time I tried it, I thought, oh, no, I don't like that. And then about 15 seconds later, you go, this is marvellous. So are you drinking this straight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or with ice? No. Or, no, would you ever mix it with anything? No. Wow. No, and you have to, and, and I'm, I'm revealing myself as a total wanker here because you got, you have, uh, my, so my son, you know, Elliot, uh, so he's 25 now, so about, oh, this was during the lockdown, so I was getting through a bit of this stuff. And uh, <laughs> there was one, and he always went, oh, no, rum, and he'd like, lager and all them sort of young people's drinks. And uh, one night I had a bottle of that Boomba, uh, and I, and he, I sort of had a, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a little couple of little bits of it. And he went, could I just try the rum? And uh, I said, yeah, yeah, of course. And I was very, and I said, no, 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 just give it a, you know, have a sniff. Don't just guzzle it down. Oh, yeah, yeah it's nice, that, yeah. And then uh, I went to bed, come down, the whole lot gone. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I was very proud. <laughs> Well, what a treat to have two different rums for the rum connoisseur. We've got St. Lucia 1931 and Bumba XO. Um, if I come and visit your pub, you're going to hate me because I'm going to ask for them with Diet Coke. And you're probably going to refuse me that right. Well, you can have it with Diet Coke, but I would suggest I'll just go, just try it without, just, you know, just, just try it without, without the Diet Coke. Give it a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And give it a sniff and... I can just picture John giving it a sniff and then saying, no, I do want to. Yeah, yeah, do want to. <laughs> very, very you. Uh, well, now we head over to the Moon Underwater Pub Library where the lovely Robin introduces public tomes to our shelves every week. 
That's interesting. Mm. Um, so, yeah, obviously, because it's the Orwell Festival, I thought I'd read a bit from the Moon Underwater essay, uh, which is obviously George Orwell's essay about his dream pub. Um, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. Is, is anyone familiar with the essay? Oh, great. Cool. My favourite public house, the Moon Underwater, is only two minutes from a bus stop, but it is on a side street, and drunks and rowdies never seem to find their way there, even on Saturday nights. Its clientele, though fairly large, consists mostly of regulars who occupy the same chair every evening and go there for conversation as much as for the beer. If you asked why you favour a particular public house, it would seem natural to put the beer first, but the thing that most appeals to me about the Moon Underwater is what people call its atmosphere. To begin with, its whole architecture and fittings are uncompromisingly Victorian. It has no glass-topped tables or other modern miseries, and on the other hand, no sham roof beams, ingle nooks, or plastic panels masquerading as oak. The grained woodwork, the ornamental mirrors behind the bar, the cast-iron fireplaces, the florid ceiling stained dark yellow by tobacco smoke, the stuffed bull's head over the mantelpiece, everything has the solid, comfortable ugliness of the 19th century. Many as are the virtues of the moon underwater, I think that the garden is its best feature because it allows whole families to go there instead of mum having to stay at home and mind the baby while dad goes out alone. And though, strictly speaking, they are only allowed in the garden, the children tend to seep into the pub and even to fetch drinks for their parents. This, I believe, is against the law, but it is a law that deserves to be broken, for it is the puritanical nonsense of excluding children, and therefore to some extent women, from pubs that has turned these places into mere boozing shops instead of the family gathering places that they ought to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's so good, isn't it? And it seems so uh, forward thinking as well. Yeah, that phrase comfortable ugliness, yeah. that's something you so rarely see in modern pubs. Yeah. They're yeah. either sort of, they're either too pretty or they're uncomfortable. Yeah, but also the idea about them being places for everyone, not just men, to get pissed in. That's was quite really advanced. Yeah. You know, I, I'm old enough to remember, I'm old, but I'm old enough to remember that the workingman's club where my dad used to drink, there was a room that women weren't allowed in. That was, and nobody thought that was odd at all. I don't remember anybody objecting to that. That was just that's terrible, isn't it? That's yeah. like 40 years ago. Less there, than that. But there are still clubs in London that women aren't allowed in, like gentlemen's clubs. What do they all do in there? <laughs> oh, bloody get a quiet few bloody hours from the bloody what? I don't fucking know. Be arseholes. Yeah. You know, it's sort of what, I don't know, what do you read a newspaper in a different way than you usually would? Yeah. But that's, that's different, but, like, uh, but bad as that is, a part of, you know, the Workingmen's Club, given that there was one pub actually in Swanley, one just outside, and then there was a Workingmen's Club, and there was a room where you could not, you, you could not go into it if you were a woman. That is so... I think if you were to sort of say that to somebody who was 25, when did this happen? They would go, oh, I don't know, like 13, 90 or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> And it was really recent. We're still, you know, it's still a problem in some golf clubs in America. Still. Yes. Women aren't yeah, yeah, yeah. To be there. Also, I mean, I know 
we get annoyed sometimes with kids in pubs. Get quite annoyed about. We get very annoyed about it. But um, <laughs> but it is that thing of like, well, at least the whole family's out, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. otherwise because otherwise it's the mum babysitting at home, isn't it? And like, oh, it's a fantastic it? thing having kids in pubs. It's a brilliant thing, isn't it? I think. That's... <laughs> oh, this is true. There's think, a pub in Crystal a mixed bag. I, no, I think it's a brilliant thing. There's a pub in Crystal Palace, which is the pub I've sort of probably been into more than any other pub in my life. And at one point, it's all done up a little bit now, but that, it's all right. It's very nice. But at one point, it did really, it was really, really a scuzzy little pub. It was a pub where builders went on a Friday and cashed their checks because the, the, they got a check and if they paid it into their account, it'd be overdrawn and it would all be swallowed up. So they, these, for a small fee, the pub would cash their checks from all that sort of thing. Everything in there was seedy and wrong and fun. <laughs> and uh, and I went in there with a mate once when I was with my uh, with Elliot and he was eleven, right? I swear he was eleven. And uh, I got a couple of drinks and then my mate got a couple of drinks and then as a joke, my friend turned to my lad who was eleven and went, "Go on, Elliot, it's your round." <laughs> <laughs> And we carried on chatting for a couple of minutes, and then he came back with two pints again. <laughs> I swear, I swear that's, I swear that's true. And he went, oh, I, I, I saw that. I didn't have any money, so I said you'd pay in a minute. And they served. He was eleven, and they served it. That's a pub. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's. <laughs> but that is also what Orwell was saying, where it's like these places of tolerance. Like he says, you know, it's not really. Get, it's not legal for the kids to come in and get the drinks but you know it's tolerated it's like a slightly different atmosphere which is so good about that essay I think. well the moon underwater doesn't just have a library it also has a jukebox mark uh, and we need every one of our guests to add an album of their choice to the moon underwater pub jukebox uh, what are you going to go for oh this could easily have, have taken me a month uh uh, so we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? About I think if you're sort of someone who listens quite obsessively to music, then it's it's very different from if you're someone and doesn't make you less a person in any way. But if you're someone who isn't as motivated by music, and you go, oh, that would be quite nice. So, for example, if I'm in a cafe or a pub or anything and there's music on, I'm always aware like what's that. And then if there's a track I don't know, I think. Oh, what is that or something? I've not. Oh, I don't know that. And then I even go and ask what that is, and they don't really know because it's just on a, some program that they put in or something. And um, so I thought, oh God, I don't know. And I, I, oh, there'd be one album. Well, could I have a compilation? But that'd be cheating, wouldn't it? You could have one if you wanted. You have a compilation, right? Well, in the end, I went for the Arctic Monkeys' first album because I think that it was a uh, there was something really. I, I love listening to every single track on it, and it's sort of, I think, would be ideal for a pub because it reaches sort of back and forwards. I think if you're someone who was loves music from the 70s, then there's something about the beat of it that appeals to that. It's a bit punk, but also it's very, it's very modern as well. And the reference, I know it's 15 years ago now, but I think there's also something very, very... All the references are very modern at the time. You know, there's references to, but it was from 2006, I believe. So it's sort of, you know, the the Alco pops and things like that. All those references in it, I think, are really, really excitingly young and and uh, an, an innovative. And it's it is cross. There's a the, the opening track is about 
the misery of really thinking that everything revolves around Friday night and we're going to go and get pissed and it's going to be so exciting. And in the end, all it is is that, you know, it, uh, on, on Monday morning in your, e in your email inbox, all it says is that you drank a lot. And that's just something really, I don't know, I thought uh, this is something about young people now and how they live. There's one where they get in a, they get in a taxi and they want to do a runner but the red light says the doors are secure and they can't get out. There's one where he's, um, his mates are all too mouthy to the cops, so they all get put in a van and given an hiding by the, by the cops and stuff. And everything about it is just very, very much of the... It's, it's young and it's looking forward, but also it's sort of looking backwards a bit musically. So I think it would appeal to... Everybody. Having said that, I will put it on and no one will fucking listen. I do, <laughs> the, I do, when I do a show, I don't know if you do this, but I went, like, so the last live show I did, I called it Every Little Thing's Gonna Be Alright. And I spent ages selecting about 20 songs with all right in the title. And, uh, uh, and I didn't want to have anything too obvious like all right now or something. So I had all various obscure things uh, along with a couple that were a bit more like Uptight All Right by Stevie Wonder and, and Supergrass All Right uh, and Kendrick Lamar All Right. And uh, I think yeah, every night that goes out and not a single, I can't be amazed if a <laughs> single person has taken the blindest bit of notice. <laughs> I spend quite a lot of time with my uh, walk-in music for gigs, but the problem is that I'll sort of come up with like a sort of a half-hour playlist, but the venues I tend to play are so small that you get through like a track and a half. And it's quite depressing because you've thought, oh, this will get the audience into the mood. Yeah. And they've just sort of heard the, the tail end of one song and two thirds of another. And then it's, please welcome to the stage. And it's like, oh, what a waste of time. <laughs> Someone will get it, though. Someone will get it. And that person, all I have to find is the person who gets it. And they pay me 200 grand a year. <laughs> 200 grand. And then, yeah. A Patreon. And it's 200 grand. One, one yeah. person. Yeah. Support John Robbins. And it's just 200 grand. Just need one member. <laughs> yeah. The benefits are... Anyway, there are so many things. Yeah. I could, you know, there's a million things. But I don't, I don't think, I, I think you get older. But it was, if, probably if you'd asked me 20 years ago, I'd have gone, oh, Rage Against the Machine or something. But now I think, well, I love Rage Against the Machine. But there would be people who would go, oh, what's this racket and leave the pub. Yeah. So uh, I don't really want to annoy anybody. But I don't think the Arctic Monkeys thing would. No, it's a great choice. It would be a popular choice. Yeah. So, uh, what's the name of the album again? It, it, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. That's what Isn't I'm it? not. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But I think that's and what we were talking about earlier about nostalgia. It's great that you're. Well, God, it's not that contemporary, is it? Because it's 15 years ago. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I was. I would. I thought you would pick something from like punk era or something like that. Or you know, not no. Yeah, but it's good that. What am I trying to say? That he's picked a young person's album, but he's really old. Yeah. <laughs> Will I? Subtext. This J, J, Z, I don't know what Z stands for, but anyway, it seems to be rather popular, so I might be better. <laughs>
Hello fans of Pub and Pint, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP and now for the first time a podcast host. I know that the moon underwater is used to sighing for its letters, so I think you'll love my new podcast that's all about writing letters. It's called Yours Sincerely and in each episode I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. So with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy an episode of my podcast soon. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. We move on to your uh, final alcohol-based choice, uh, Mark, which is the wild card choice. This can be absolutely anything you want that's missing from your current lineup, which I should remind people contains uh, Sussex Harvey's Best, contains Harvey's Sussex Best, <laughs> Guinness Hex Cider in a Bottle, 19 Crimes, and the 20th, and the 20th is the marketing. Um, <laughs> St. Lucia 1931 rum, Bumba XO rum, and what? Well, uh, I think a whiskey. I think you have to have a good rum. I think that it's, it's um, whiskey like rum is just something, there's just something so, it's something so ridiculously human that people have put this amount of effort into making a whiskey. It's just, I think there's something wonderful about it. It's what makes us. Know, what we are, what you know, it's a bit like with sport. You know, I know you're, you're a huge sports fan like me, and when people say about cricket, for example, but it's pointless. I think, of course, it's pointless. That's the point of it. What <laughs> sport would have a point to it? Bloody international shopping. I, you know, <laughs> even if you lose, you've got all your vegetables. It's point. Uh, the, you, you want something that's pointless and beautiful, and that's what. And uh, I, and I think. Whiskey is like that. It's gone. People have gone to all this effort to make it a little bit more peaty or a little bit more fruity or something like that, and not ridiculously expensive, really. And I think that um, it, there should be a whiskey. I can't remember what I put. I think I put a Dalwhinnie. 
Dalawini. Uh, but there's any number of them. But what I like about that as well is because I don't think it... Because, uh, of course, some people can be very, very snobbish about these things. And like with anything, you know, uh, they want to talk about um, a subject in a way to exclude people. Uh, and so all this jargon is invented and so on. And I, I think, you know, whiskey could be like that. But I think, ideally, you want to talk about it in a way that makes it accessible to everybody. And, you know, I think comedy is like that. You know, when people... I, I've, probably not many people that would uh, get to this point from a discussion about whiskey. But, for example, someone who goes, oh, who are these people who watch it? Mrs. Brown's boys? And I think, well, fucking millions of people do. So that's probably... There's, there's, there's something in that, isn't there? There's something brilliant about it. It's not easy to do... Something like that. I think it's the nothing... bells of comedy. The what? <laughs> like, to, to use a whiskey analogy, it's the bells oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. comedy. It is the bells of comedy. And, and more people drink bells than a sort of yeah, a yeah, yeah, 26 yeah, yeah. year old Glenfiddich. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that no. doesn't mean that bells isn't disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. I really like that meme which is Hide the Pain Harold. Do you know this guy where he's this old guy? And he did this kind of marketing campaign where he was just this random dude. And, you know, the people wanted some just stock photos of someone working on a computer, someone working at home. And everyone who saw those photos thought, you look like you're unbelievably depressed and you're hiding it. Do you know what I mean? So th whatever that was in his expression had a universal language. And everyone caught on to it and thought, yeah, that, that represents someone who's hiding the pain. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. But Mrs. Brown's Boys is the same. Because <laughs> whatever you can criticise it for, people like it. it uh, people identify something with it, right? That's what you're saying in a way, is it? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably a bit... Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't think I would, we would end up here, really. Yeah. <laughs> but is it not that it's... Like, I don't, I, I don't, I've never seen it. So I don't really Mrs. Care. Brown's boys. Yeah. yeah. So it might be amazing. It might be rubbish. But isn't it? I think part of the problem people have is it's it's sort of taking up bandwidth that could that something better could be in its place. Yeah. And people, I think the assumption is people watch it because it's there. No, I don't think they do watch it. I think people. I think a lot of people watch it and they love it for for what it is. And I think partly that's because it's quite radical in its way. You know, the thing that they. They right, we're on a set and we're playing, and the and you see the audience there and so on. That's quite, and one of them's gay and stuff, and that's all just. But so, given that the average age of the audience is 102, that's quite. That's quite. Uh, uh, anyway, anyway, I didn't really want to talk about Mrs. No, Brown's sure. Boys, but I think I that it. I think that if you're introducing something that isn't Mrs. Brown's Boys, I think you've got to try and do it in an inclusive way, and I think that something like a Dow Winnie whiskey. What the. F Fuck am I, I talking about? Can't remember about? how we got right. here. <laughs> can't remember how we got here. How is this? This is classic. Because this is a classic piece of pub. No, yeah. right. Listen, no, yeah, right. Yeah. No, yeah. fucking yeah. no. Shut up. Yeah. Listen, right. Because yeah. what I'm saying, right. What I'm what I'm fucking saying, right, yeah. is that Manchester United in 1989, right, is exactly exactly the same as that bottle of brown ale. That's what I'm fucking. 19 crimes, 19 crimes. Yeah, no, well, I think, I but think... my point is that da the Dalwinnie is a sort of whiskey that you could give to someone who goes, oh, I don't like whiskey, a bit like the Bumble with the rum, 
And, uh, and I think you've got a, f a fairly decent chance of someone going, oh, yeah, now that's all right. You don't want to... If someone says, I never like whiskey, don't go, here's a Lefroy, which is re I, I think is, is a marvellous bloody... Uh, I don't know who would have invented such a thing. Marvellous stuff. Really, people who don't know, it's really peaty. Mm -hmm. And most reasonable people would go, what the fuck's that? But yeah. when you get used to it, it's, uh, it's wonderful. But Winnie isn't like that. It's it's a bit Christmas cakey, mm -hmm. and I think it's uh, one that you know people could go. Oh, yeah, again, the, the people who like a whiskey could go. Oh yeah, that's brilliant. But the people who've never had a whiskey you go. Oh yeah, I can see what you're getting. I see. I can see that a bit. Yeah. So it's a sort of a, a gateway whiskey. A gateway whiskey, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. When you see someone in the park, <laughs> yeah. Lying flat on their stomach with a tin of tenants extra. They started off with a Dow Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> Superb stuff. Um, so uh, we have uh, Dow Winnie whiskey as Mark Steele's wild card. But now, only for Patreons, only for our very kind benefactors, we have uh, a new section of the show, which is the Dream Pub Companion. And if you would like to hear who Mark Steele would like to spend an evening in the pub with, go to moonunderpod.com and please help this pub out for just 200 grand. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just once a year once as well. Year. It's not every month, just once a year, you know. Uh, give what you can afford as long as it's 200 grand. And that'll set us up for the year then. And what would you do if it one was a, of you. What would you do if it was a bad person? Did that. I'd take them. Oh, oh right. Oh, we've got money. someone. It's British Nuclear Fuels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that. the Saudi government has said they will give 200 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be the live golf of podcasting. Uh, though we, we do regularly turn down uh, gambling sponsors. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bloody modern yes, woke nonsense. That's, that's beyond the pale. But I, but I will take Saudi blood. <laughs> <laughs> because they're better than gambling companies. Um, anyway, uh, so if you are not a Patreon subscriber, you're going to miss out and you're going to be joining us back after we've had some excellent bonus content. <laughs> Can I get another bottle of this supreme cider, Devon Red? This really is supreme. Do you know that story about... Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. Do, do you know that as story much about... as we like George Orwell, we're better than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. You're barred. Mark, you're not one to rule with an iron fist. No. However, you get the opportunity in your dream pub to bar one thing or person or activity, something that just makes your blood boil or makes you kind of roll your eyes when you walk into a pub. What's it going to be? Easy. People who play things on their fucking phones out loud in the pub. Oh, yeah. All right. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's my brother. He was out last night. <laughs> oi, 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 oi. Out. Out. <laughs> you have a great way of saying out. Can out. you say that again? Out. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
I get Tyson Fury to do it. I'd employ him. I'd set up a podcast. I'd make 200 grand from each person that played. <laughs> and then I'd employ Tyson Fury to stand there going, you're getting out. You need to, you need to find Jesus in your heart and stop playing things on your fucking YouTube. Little, little baby Jesus. Do you know that um, Alexi Sale joke of uh, agoraphobic skinhead? In. <laughs> three, three words. It's a good joke. No, they're terrible, these people. They need to be educated. Mm. I think there'd be a sign-up saying you can't do that. Or they need to be bought headphones. Yeah. Or have their headphones explained to them. It's the curse of Instagram stories, I think. People on the train just going through their Instagram stories with the sound on. Just fucking put some headphones Outrageous. on. Outrageous. Yeah. yeah. But also, yeah. also, I've just, I mean, thinking about Orwell and sort of nostalgia for the past or... He hated Instagram stories. He hated Instagram <laughs> stories. I heard he loved it. Look at this, here's me in Catalonia. <laughs> 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 they gave me a rifle. Yeah. Oh, as if. <laughs> Hashtag homage. <laughs> yeah. But like, whether it's love of the past or fear for the future or hatred of the present... People seem to be so much more emboldened in their own awfulness now. Like, if in, I just think in the past, if you'd have said to someone, oh, could you put that on silent? They'd have gone, oh, I'm so, so, I'm so sorry, oh, God. Whereas now they'd be like, fuck you. I'll do what I fucking want. Would they, though? I was, in a, I was in a cafe and someone was having a meeting and he got louder and louder and... Uh, uh, and he was going, yeah, I've, sold, I've told Tasmin that she could come in at 10.15. 10.15 should be fine. Okay, so we need to go through the list of, yeah, 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 because of potential clients. To go. And in the end, it was so horrible. People were leaving and everything. And I, and I went up and I went, mate, mate. And he took his headphones, what? And I said, mate, you're, you're driving everyone out. And he went, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he went around to all the people that were left and said, I'm so sorry I had my headphones on, I didn't realise. And I think he just didn't realise. Oh, Mark, what a wonderful picture of modern Britain you paint. <laughs> you're, you're, you, you really are Blair's heir. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could really motivate the middle ground. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I'd have been, I'd have gone out to Iraq and gone, look, okay, you know, I mean, with all this sort of, you know, stuff and just sort of put down your weapons and we can try and sort it out and now I'm going to go on the Des O'Connor show and, and maybe talk about it on there and they'd have, they'd have come round, I think. I think they, I think they, I think you would have won hearts and minds. Oh, this isn't a town for, uh, oh, fuck, I'm so quite drunk. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard, this, isn't it, after a, a drink? We were talking about this earlier. Or well, life. Well, no, life when you're... I said, because people sort of... I'd never... I'd never... You would agree with this, and I don't know what you would think, but people sort of go, oh, comedy, do you, like, have a few beers beforehand? And that's mad. You never, ever... You can't drink before doing a show. Yeah. And... Um, uh, and sometimes people will write and go, oh, I'm a fan and I see you're coming up to Leicester. Do you want to meet up for a few beers in the afternoon before the show? And I think, oh, have you know, do you think it's that easy? And I sort of always, uh, the thing I always say is it's like, that's like writing to Lewis Hamilton and going, I see you're doing a Grand Prix in my town. <laughs> do you fancy going for a few beers before... And uh, and here we are having had a few beers, and as a result, with who are you? <laughs>
Hurry up, please. It's time. Mark, we need a name for this wonderful pub. Just to remind people what you've got in there. You've got Harvey's Sussex Best and Guinness on draft. You have bottles of Hex Cider and 19 Crimes. You have Bumba... <laughs> Bumba XO Rum and St. Lucia 1931 Rum. You've double rummed, which is fantastic. Arctic Monkeys, uh, whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not, on the jukebox. And you have Whiskey, the Dalwini as your wild card. Your dream pub companion will remain a mystery unless you stump up 200k. (laughs) (laughs) You've barred phones being uh, played out loud. Not people on their phones, but no, pe- no. people broadcasting from mm-hmm. their phones. Uh, but, so what are we calling the pub? I think this pub's in town is what I'm going to call it. Because oh, uh, my sort of nice. in-town show is the thing I, I enjoy doing as more than anything else in terms of sort of like stuff that I do work-wise. And uh, so I think this pub's in town. And this who, pub is in town. And this pub would be in town, and I think it would be very much a part of the... And I, what I love about doing my show is that... I know, you know, there's a sort of phrase, isn't there? People go, oh, it writes itself, and it never does. But my show does write itself. I go, I go to places, and people say things that are funny, and I just repeat them, and people laugh. And I think, oh, but that's... You know, that's just... I'm not, I'm, I'm, and I get obsessed with whatever I'm doing at that time. At the moment, it's the Isles of Scilly. This morning, for example, I was reading about how on the Isles of Scilly, there's a place where when your car is no good, of course, it's too small to have a scrapyard, so they take it up to one particular cliff and they just tip it off the cliff. (laughs) (laughs) And six years ago, there was a dust cart, the dustman's lorry, and it was ruined, so they took it up the top and they tipped it off. But there is something about the sort of the physics of a dust cart lorry, I don't know what, that meant it didn't sink. And as a result of that, it's been a hazard to shipping ever since. (laughs) (laughs) And these ships have been on the way to Bristol, and there's people, uh, hey, what the fuck is this? A fucking dustman's lorry in the fucking shipping lane. And and so it sort of writes itself. So I think that it has to be part of a... a, I think this pub's in town. It's part of the community. It's part of the town. It's part of all the people that were there that make it rather than, the, you know, the, any outside, you know, all bar one or some shit old chain. It's, um, it's, it's of the area. Well, Mark Steele, we thank you so much for joining us here within the Moon Underwater, within the Marquis Cornwallis, within the George Orwell Festival. And thank you for creating this Pubs in Town. Uh, it just remains for me to ask you what song you want to be played out with from Arctic Monkeys, whatever people say I am, that's what I am probably not, maybe. <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought of this. Maybe a view from the afternoon. I think it's the last track on the album, and it's, uh, yeah, and it's sort of, it's a, it, it's a song against the people who are sort of unpleasant, really, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's a eulogy to people who are trying to be, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> this is so hard. Just this is so hard. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... You know, I mean, Christian <laughs> If he's fucking bad, I'm saying he's Ronnie O'Sullivan, right? I mean, I fucking met him. <laughs> to play Mark Steele out uh, as he leaves the moon underwater with this pub's in town under his arm to use whenever he needs it the most. 
uh, is Arctic Monkeys View from the Afternoon. Bye Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.